What's up, y'all? It's your man Ernest. So you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. So, yeah, I have a <laughs> I have a lot to say this episode. Actually, um, you know, well, typical three topics, uh, usual three topics as usual. Uh, but I feel as though I have uh, at least with this first one about uh, Malik Yoba. Particularly my thoughts on his Breakfast Club interview. The Breakfast Club interview he did. The recent Breakfast Club interview he did with, I believe the guy's name is David Johnson or David Johns. or uh, David. Uh, his initials was DJ and I remember his first name was David. Uh, so, excuse me if I am getting his last name messed up. But I believe it's David Johnson um, and the two other trans women who are activists as well not sure who they are but one of them was on uh rupaul's drag race that's what i learned from the interview during her intro her introduction um didn't really know about the other one the black one until that breakfast club interview uh so that's why i'm forget i'm forgetting their names because i'm not saying their names because i'm forgetting their names uh for one and two, uh, it's my first time actually, you know, being introduced to them. Uh, so either or, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, but I'm also going to bring up uh, Malik Yoba's <clears throat> secret uh, allegations. And I'm saying secret allegations uh, that is going on right now because when not a lot of people know about it. It's not as pub- publicized as... You know, someone else who is in a limelight for sexual assault allegations or rape. Uh, and that's someone else being Antonio Brown. That's someone else that I discussed last week um, that I will not discuss this week. And I know that yesterday it came out that the Patriots have dropped Antonio Brown. I think also Nike uh, stopped sponsoring him. I don't, uh, the, you don't quote me on that. Uh, you can quote me on the Patriots thing because that is actual factual news that the Patriots actually did drop Antonio Brown. Um, but I think he lost his sponsorship with Nike or something else happened uh, to where he basically yesterday he lost a lot of shit. Uh, and it's not looking too good for him not to go off on a little short, just to go off on a little short tangent about that. It's not looking too good for him. But as I stated last week, if you did listen, I won't detail everything I said. You can go back and listen to last week's episode as usual. But as I stated last week, I was not choosing a side. But if one side is shown to be the liar and one side is shown to be true, I'm obviously going to vocalize that. I'm saying now it's not looking good for Antonio Brown. We still have yet to find out if he is truly guilty or not. It's just not looking good in his favor. But... Trust and believe. Once the news comes out, then if I have something to say about it, then I will speak on it. If not, you just have to pay attention to my tweets because I definitely will, most likely will, probably tweet about it. So either or you hear about it on it, let's talk about a podcast or you go to my Twitter, you love Ernest. That's you underscore love underscore Ernest. That's it. Anyways, let's get back to Malik Yoba. So... Um, before I get into the Breakfast Club interview, my thoughts on that, I want to talk about this situation because this is a situation that I found out 
after not only after recording uh, last week's episode, but literally uh, sometime after I watched the Breakfast Club interview that he uh, was on. Okay, I saw that sometime. Uh, actually, I saw that interview earlier on this week. All right, I saw that interview earlier on this week, uh, last weekend maybe. Uh, Monday, if not Monday, uh, last Monday, obviously the Monday before the one you're hearing this, if not last Monday, that Sunday, Saturday, Sunday that I saw that interview. And then I got the news about what Malik is going through right now. Um, so for those who don't know, there is a trans woman who at the time was 14 years old. She's older now, but at the time she's four, she was 14 years old and she came out and said that um, Malik Yoba had sex with her when she was 14 years old. Now she was still when she was at when she was 14 years old, she was still identifying as a trans woman or just a woman in general, right? Um, but she was also a sex worker. And this ex sexual exchange she had with Malik Yoba when she was 14 and he was 20 years old at the time. Because it wasn't like they were both 14. She was 14 years old and he was 20 years old at the time. This was a sexual act that was business based. Meaning that he paid to have sex with this minor. With this teenager. With this woman who was a teenage girl at the time. She came out about it. This flew under the radar like crazy because obviously the news that was out about Malik was him coming out and saying that he's attracted to trans women. Um, keyword trans women, not trans girls, but trans women. And he was on he's on this big, uh, uh, you know crusade in a way uh for lack of better wording uh to try to convince people to well not convince people to to just date trans women but to basically um let's erase this stigma that uh the the stigma that is uh loving or finding trans women attractive or just just the stigma behind transgenderism and just the lgbtq uh, plus community, uh, you, uh, that, 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 you know, all the stigma behind that and basically him being an ally of said community, right? He came out and that was the big news. Well, I don't mean came out as in, cause you know, <laughs> I'm going to be stumbling a lot during this segment, um, stumbling probably more than usual than I stumbled throughout these episodes anyways, but I'm going to be stumbling a lot because I am going to try to uh, make my preference my language so it's not offending anybody uh, because it's not meant to offend anybody. Um, and I'm also, once again, I, I, I speak off the dome. I don't write scripts down. So it's literally I have ideas of what I want to talk about and then I say what comes to mind about said ideas. Um, but... With that being said, you're going to hear a bunch of stumbling. This segment might be longer than usual as well. 
Um, if you if you listen, cool. If you don't, appreciate it. Now let's get back. So, once again, as I stated before, Malik Yoba was 20 at the time, had sex with a 14 year old trans girl. This news came out, and his idea of trying to get ahead of the story was to come out and say, "Hey," and not address that issue, but to somewhat in a conniving way. Now, this is all speculation, by the way. This is not me saying this is what he did. Because uh, I did give him the men ver- being men uh, accolade or just praise for last week's episode. That's a segment that I introduced uh, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I believe. I did give him that accolade last week's episode. Once again, if you want to listen to it, check it out. Pause this episode, go back, listen to that, or wait till you're done listening to this episode. But it, it, it that's that's the speculation. That's what's being speculated is that he's using basically using the LGBTQ and his support uh, Q's community and his support um, for trans lives, especially of the of that community, to deflect from these allegations. This woman has come out and stated. Um, now I'm forgetting the woman's name. Please forgive me. I did read an article and it has her name in it. And I will do my very best. I say this all the time. I know. But I'll <laughs> do my very best to leave uh, links to said article. Uh, or a link to that article in the description box below. So not only will you get the timestamps in the description box below. Not only will you get my Twitter account where you can find me, follow me, and stuff like that, but you will also see the link that I post. And I believe that's going to be the only link uh, to be real, y'all, that I post um, in the description box below. Probably a link to my other podcast, My Two Cents Podcast, be down there as well. Um, but as far as links go, that will be one of two or just one of one of the only links in the description box below, so you can't miss it, if that's the case. Anyways, my thoughts on that before I get into the actual interview and my thoughts on it, okay? So, if it is true, if what this woman is saying is true about the situation with Malik Yoba, her encounter with Malik Yoba, I... If it was, uh, okay, I'm not in no way, shape, or form excusing Yoba's actions if this is what, if she's, what she said is true. There's no way in hell I'm excusing a grown-ass man as much as I've gotten on R. Kelly, right? Uh, there's no way I'm going to excuse a grown-ass man paying. I don't care what she was doing, granted, yeah, no 14-year-old should be out here uh, doing sex work, Okay. Nobody under the age of 18, if that is not their personal choice at the age of 18 and above, should be out here doing sex work. But no grown-ass man should be paying a minor to have sex with them. No one should be, you know, grown-ass man, a grown-ass person, I should say, should be having sex with minors, period. Period, end of story, right? Nobody should be doing that. 
And it is and if it is found that Malik is actually guilty of what he what he did with this minor. Now, again, this was years, years, years ago. I think the statutes of limitations might be up. I'm not really too sure why this woman decided to wait. Now, granted, Malik Yoba now, at, you know, as famous as he is now, he wasn't obviously wasn't famous or he wasn't, I guess, as known at the age of 20 um, as he is now at whatever age he is now. I'm guessing 40s, early 50s, maybe. Um, I think he did mention his age and uh, uh, during the Breakfast Club interview. I just don't remember, to be real, y'all. Um, but if it, it, again, if it is true, at one, if it is true, I'm going to go back to last week's episode and delete that segment. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all because I'm not going to be out here giving this man praise if he's out here doing some sp- scummy shit. Again, I was not privy to said information before I made that, uh, um, before I made that segment because like y'all know right now, had I been privy to said information before I made that segment, he wouldn't have been uh, the winner of last week's Men Being Men Award, right? He wouldn't have, hell nah. I'm not condoning, I don't give a fuck about him coming out now and saying, I find trans women attracted or I'm trans attracted. That's the lingo that they used or they wanted him to use, right? Uh, at least David was saying that he should use. I don't know if both trans women agreed with said lingo, uh, but that was the language that I remember from the interview, trans attracted. Now, I should have watched the interview more than once to help jog my memory and jog what I'm going to say about it, but I watched it one time. It's an hour and 12 minute interview, though. So for me to watch it more than once obviously meant that I would need at least an hour and 12 minutes out of my day to sit and watch that interview again. And I got shit to do, people. You know, not to say that I didn't care about the interview or didn't like the interview. I actually thought a lot of the people who disliked the interview, both via on via comments on the YouTube uh video when I where I watched the video uh where I watched the interview and via social media in general, I think it was a lot of people being harsh. I think uh, people was really, really, really harsh about uh, the interview, and I didn't think the interview was nearly as bad as people made it. Now, were there some cringe moments in the interview? Yes, and again, I will get on that. Um, but it definitely was wasn't nearly as bad as I, people made it out to be prior to me watching this video, uh, that interview, um, and people are making it out to be. And I think a lot of people saw that clip. That last clip, that last two-minute clip, I believe, a minute or two-minute clip of them uh, correcting Malik Yoba um, when it came to women and, and, you know, what is considered a natural woman and cis women being natural or not, right? Natural meaning real women or whatever the case may be. I think a lot of people saw that clip and based based a minute or two-minute clip on an entire one hour and 12 minute interview. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Again, I'll share my thoughts when that comes. But as far as this situation here with Malik Yoba and this who was once a 14 year old teenage sex worker, 
okay? It is not right for her to, yes, but people do things out of survival. You know, it's not right to drug deal, but guess what? You got drug dealers out here doing shit out of survival. It's not right to, you know, steal and all this other stuff. It's survival. And I am not making light of these actions and saying, well, that excuses it. But there are situations we have in America that force people into making these said decisions. There's no situation in America that's going to force a grown ass man to have sex with a 14 year old girl. There's no situation in America that's going to force a grown-ass adult to have sex with a a minor in any situation. Nothing. You may say, oh, I live in America and all the women here are trash, all the men here are trash. I just need to find love. So your idea of finding love is, is to sexually assault a minor or to have sex with a minor. Whether you paid that minor or not. No. If it is true, Malik Yoba, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit, not only simply because you're out here painting this picture picture of you being this, oh, I'm just this guy that's getting hate because I'm trans attracted. Once again, attracted to trans women or just attracted to trans people. But he's attracted to trans women, not trans men. So I'm going to say he's attracted to trans women, right? He it, it ain't sure is he getting flack from transphobes, homophobes in general, but transphobes sure. But his his uh um his old um fucking fraternity boys, his brothers, they did not drop him. Now they got some sketch shit going on, and I don't even fuck with fraternities. In fact. One of these days, I'm going to have to talk about my thoughts about fraternities and sororities. I've been vocal about my uh, disdain for frats and sororities, fraternities and sororities, but probably make that in a segment and talk about it here on the Let's Talk About It podcast. Uh, But those who know of me, y'all know my stance on them, but we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about Malik Yoba. Now, he made it seem as though his old fraternity were transphobic and they dropped him from being a part of them and they dropped him as a brother he's no longer their brother because they're like wow he likes trans women nah we can't have that here you're dropped because apparently uh there was back in the days or some years ago i'm not saying back in the days like some years ago right uh, one of the heads of the fraternity was gay, was a gay man. When they found out that what the frat did, when they found out that the head was gay, was they tied him up, they tortured him, and they burned him. They basically murdered this man. Blair Witch, not Blair Witch, Salem Witch trial type of, of, of murder, torture. All because they found out about his sexuality. So Malik used that. Or it seems as though he's using that from his side. It seems as though he's using that to say that's why he got kicked out. Because the brothers 
are homophobic, transphobic. They're just against the LGBTQIA uh, plus community, right? So that's his side of the story. Again, the frat says, no, we're not kicking you out because you like trans women. We're kicking you out because we don't condone adults having sex with minors. So you now you have a group that is saying, Malik, you're, you know, you, 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 this woman has come forward and said, you're doing this. And she provided evidence to, well, she's saying you, you did this and we cannot associate with you because of this. Therefore, you're not a brother no more. He's spinning it around and he's doing shit. Either or, if it is found out, once again, like I stated, Malik is a lying sack of shit. Fuck him. Fuck him because what he's doing is he's trying to be this martyr for men who are attracted to trans women. He's trying to be this ally. He's hiding behind, oh, I'm an ally for the LGBTQI uh, plus community. And it's like, no, you're just trying to escape prosecution. Now, again, I don't know. I don't remember once again from the article because I only read the article once, too. I don't remember from the article how long ago this situation happened. All I know is the the teenage girl who was once the person who was once a 14 year old teenage girl who had sex with a 20 year old Malik Yoba. Is now an adult. So obviously her and Malik are adults now. But the problem arises. Is when she is. And it's not like she's 18 now. I think this was. This was actually. If I had to put a name on it. If I had to put a guess on it. I think this is 20 years ago. So. If she was 14. 20 years ago. She is 30. Now, 34 now. She's 34. Yes, I had to pause and do that. I suck at math. Fuck you. Alright? Anyways. She, she, let's, let, I'm just assuming she's 34 now. Let's just say she's 34 now. Malik Yoba is, damn. <laughs> okay, so Malik at 20 is six years older than her 14-year-old self. So she's 34 now. Malik will be uh, 40. You're damn right I had to pause. <laughs> I'll pause awkwardly. <laughs> Listen, I know math. Anyways, let's just say Malik is 40 now. This woman is 34 now. Obviously, sexual relations between them two now will be appropriate. But it's not appropriate for a 20-year-old to have sex with a 14-year-old. It's just, it's just how it is. I don't like the fact that, and again, I'm not saying Malik is guilty because I'm taking the same stance. How, how I operate, and if you listen to me, you know this, but how I operate is, is not guilty until proven innocent. It's, I'm going to fall the fuck back until, uh, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, basically. Or until I see enough information where I feel as though it's no longer smoke, it's fire. 
So you're guilty of this shit. And this woman coming out. Again, I don't know her motives. And that is not me victim blaming. I'm not. It's not me saying that she's lying. I don't know why she waited so long. But at the same time, she doesn't have to explain to me why she waited so long. Okay? The simple fact of the matter is, if she feels comfortable saying... I had no choice. I had to do this to survive at 14 years old because of the situations I was in or the situation I was in at the time. I've had sex with grown men or I've had sex with these people. Malik Yoba was one of those grown men who paid to have sex to have sex with me. So If that's her truth, that's her truth, and Malik Yoba is a piece of shit. Now, should he be locked up for it? Um, I think, again, this, whatever the statutes of limitations say, that's what they say. As far as my viewpoint of Malik Yoba, I, I'm, I would stop fucking with him. Because once again, if that is the case, then everything he did on the Breakfast Club interview, everything that he's doing right now, just seems hella fake to me. It seems like a way of trying to get out of this situation. Which brings me to the interview. Now I'm going to talk about his friends before I get into the actual interview interview once again. I'm going to talk about his friends. More so the ones that were at the interview with him, right? Again, David Johnson, the two beautiful women on his side, right? I, if they know about this situation and they're helping Malik cover up this situation because to them, they probably see it as a way of getting notoriety, notoriety. And also, they're siding with Malik Yoba because he's obviously the famous person in that situation um, between him and this now trans, grown trans woman. He is most likely the more wealthier when it comes to money uh, person between Malik Yoba and this now grown trans woman. Therefore... They're siding with the money and they're siding with the fame because that can get them money, that can get them fame. If and only if that is their their motive, and they know about if they know he did it, because he confessed to them at least he did it, and they know he did it, and they're still not calling out the bullshit. They are part part of the problem, and they're also pieces of shits. No matter how fine the wolves women were. They are also pieces of shits as well. If that is the case. But if not, and they were they are being used by Yoba, them and anybody else of the community, of the LGBTQI community, QI plus community that is being used by Yoba, need to hold uh hold this man accountable for his actions. Because it is really especially dangerous for trans children to be out here 
any child, cisgendered or not. But you know how it is rough for trans teens, trans children out here. And it's especially rough for them when they're in a situation such as sex work, whether it be stripping at a club or prostituting themselves. Or posing naked for some fucking creeps. Whatever sex work, whatever the line of sex work is, it is dangerous for any child, really. But I feel as though it is especially dangerous of children of the LGBTQIA community. And really, really, really dangerous if you're a trans child or trans teenager. Trans minor in general. So. They're going to have to do some digging. Thinking. Not digging but thinking. They should have to do some digging. If they're trying to find out the truth. But they should do some thinking. Do we want to side with Yoba. The rich famous guy. Who can not only give us money. Probably get us money. And get us more attention because he has more resources and all this other stuff. And because he's the more famous name. Or do we actually want to stick with somebody who is of our community? Who isn't as rich as Malik Yoba. Who isn't as famous as Malik Yoba. Who isn't as known, obviously, popularity and doesn't have as many resources Malik Yoba might have. All I'm going to say is to David John and the two women and anybody else. If you're really about making things better for the LGBTQI plus community. You're going to stick to the core values of the community. Because if you side with a guilty Malik Yoba, if he is guilty, if you side with a guilty Malik Yoba, all those people who say the LGBT community, all they do is support pedophilia and all this other stuff, you're giving those people ammunition. Because what it does is if you support a dude who is guilty of having sex with a minor, Obviously, that will make him a pedophile, no matter if the minor is cisgendered or not. It doesn't matter if the minor is a prostitute or not. Anybody who are gonna, anybody who's gonna try to justify, well, she shouldn't have been selling her body at fourteen years old. Anybody who is going to fix their lips up to even utter. A statement like that or anything similar like to that is telling on themselves right now. That is the R. Kelly of your social group. If you hear anybody of your social groups say that. And if you say that, you are the R. Kelly of your social group. You might not be the only R. Kelly of your social group. Because if you got people who agree with you, then y'all a bunch of fucking creepy ass pedophiles. But don't fix your lips up to say anything like that. That is not, like I said, no teen should have to sell their body for money. 
But we do things to survive. Nobody should have to sell drugs. Nobody should have to steal, rob. Steal and rob. Nobody should have to do X, Y, and Z in order to survive. But I can understand somebody doing something to survive. I can never understand somebody having sex with a minor. I can't. You can try to, you can do whatever you want to try. You can get whatever Republican legislators to pass laws and bills to, 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 uh, Make that a thing. But, uh, yeah, you're not ever going to convince me that that is something grown men or women should do, should be doing. It's just that. My throat's kind of dry. This will be a two-parter segment. Like I said, this segment's going to probably be really long. Um... So I'm going to get something to drink. I'm out of water, so I'm probably just going to get some almond milk. That's right, almond milk. I'm drinking almond milk. Fuck you if you do drink that other shit. Let me not. Milk shame. Drink whatever milk you want. Drink breast milk if you want. Heck. But I'm going to get me a drink. You'll hear from me. I I got my little gallon over here. <laughs> it's like less than a gallon. Uh, but, you know... It's, it's still here by my side, and it will do for the time being, so I should be I. Now on to the interview. My thoughts on the interview, Malik Yoba's friends, um, Breakfast Club interview. Like I stated uh, last segment, uh, well not even last segment, the first part of the first segment. I didn't think that interview was as bad as people made it out to be. I think a lot of people are homophobic. I think a lot of people are transphobic. I think a lot of people have, I don't even think, I know that a lot. Now, I'm not saying everybody who had uh, critiques of the interview and critiques of the people within the interview are homophobic or transphobic. But I do know for a fact that a lot of people who did have a problem with what was being said in their interview, and who was saying what in their interview had to do with their hatred for the LGBTQIA community. Let's keep it a buck. Let's not act like every fucking time that... Let's not act like that these people aren't hated by black people. Let's not act like these people are hated by non-black people. Let's not act like... Simply because not everybody who does critiquing of a group of, of individuals or somebody who happens to be of a group of individuals, that is just a critique and that's it. Sure, does that happen? Yeah. But there are times where it happens because that somebody doing the critiquing hates that somebody for being of said community. Hates that somebody because they are black. Hates that somebody because they hate women. Hates that somebody because they are, they hate somebody of who identifies with that uh, religious group. Whatever thing they hate about that somebody, they hate them. So anything those people say, anybody from any of these communities that are hated have to say is null and void. Anything that they say 
is going to be seen, is going to be met with backlash. Because they've already made up in their mind. I don't want to speak. I don't want to listen to this nigger. I don't want to listen to this faggot. I don't want to listen to this bitch. I don't want to listen to this Muslim. I don't want to listen to this Jew. I don't want to listen to this tranny. I don't want to listen to... They've already made that shit up in their mind. Now, I don't understand why they would then say these things in their mind. Because they're not saying them out loud. Or at least not on their main profiles. They're hiding their secret profiles where they conduct their racist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic shit. Right? But they're not saying it on their main pages. But in their mind, they made that up. I'm not going to listen to X amount of people of this community. So then why continue on watching the Breakfast Club interview? I can tell you why I watched it. Number one, I watched it because I saw that clip go down. And I wanted to see... uh, did you know was because <laughs> I, like I said when I saw that clip I ain't gonna be real I, I ain't gonna uh front with y'all um when I did see that clip I was like uh yeah I don't know about that one David uh ladies I don't know what you mean by cis women aren't real women uh or natural women uh so I <laughs> I watched that interview to see if they were going to spin however I did not know the interview was going to be over an hour long that's number 1 number 2 I did not know I didn't know period how long the interview was but I was going to I watched the interview with one the intent to see what these people were talking about alongside with Malik Yoba right number 2 I wanted to see if they were going to continue on the women bashing for the entire interview. While there is a cisgendered woman as an Angela Yee in the room. Now Angela Yee has never been one to speak up against guests. Um, she has no problem. And I'm not saying this because I'm not saying that's a, saying this to critique her or whatever. But she's never really been one to speak up against the guests when they say something she disagrees with. Unless it's, I guess, it's something really blasphemous about women in general and then she and if she feels like it then sure um you know she but she usually does the speaking up against uh opposing viewpoints whenever Charlemagne or Envy says something from my experiences from watching the Breakfast Club I have not watched every single Breakfast Club interview I have used to be a super fan while every time they were in they put out an interview I'd watch it no matter who who was on it. But then, number one, that takes up a lot of my day. Because a lot of their interviews, if they're not at least an hour long, they're at least 30, 45 minutes short and being anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes. Two, not everybody that they interview deserves my time. <laughs> nah. Now, again, this interview, I think it was well. I didn't think I wasted an hour and 12 minutes. Because, again, I learned some stuff from this interview. And that's all I can ask for from people I've never met before. Or people 
that I am unfamiliar with aside from Malik Yoba, right? Um, if they're trying to teach me something, I did learn some things. Um, I do think that they do need to switch up their teaching methods a bit because I do believe that a lot of uh, they took offense to a lot of uh, natural and I don't and not me see, saying natural in a way of genuine, I should say. That's a better word. They took offense to uh, some of Charlemagne's and Envy's genuine quest, questions. When Charlemagne and Envy prefaced at the beginning of the interview that we might ask some things that you consider to be stupid questions because we don't know. So please do not get upset at us. We typically are asking these questions because we want to know. We do not know. Now, granted, I think some of the, one of the questions to a question being uh, Charlemagne asked, uh, when did you find out you were, uh, you know, trans or gay or whatever? Gay to David Johnson and trans to the two women, right? And they, David more so, but they basically lashed out and, and uh, on him for said question. Now, I don't think, I don't think it was a dumb question, but it was one that seemed pointless as hell to me. Because once again, nobody does ask straight uh, men or just straight people in general when did you first <laughs> discover or find out you were attracted to women? Or when did you first find out you were attracted to men? When asking a straight woman. Um, because I can tell you right now, I don't remember the first time I was attracted to women. I can tell you my, who I, my first crush was. And when I first <laughs> found out I was an ass man was... <laughs> Uh, I think this was third or fourth grade, third or fourth, probably as young as second grade, actually. There was this, there's this cute Latina girl. Her name was Katie. I, and I remember I used to look at her all the time, right? There was other cute girls in the, in the classroom as well, but Katie was the one, I, she had a nice body on her and she was cute to me as, as well, right? I was obviously the little shy kid. I didn't speak to anybody, and I damn sure did not speak to girls. Couldn't even look at girls in their face, honestly, when they spoke to me at that young of age. Um, you know, but yeah, that was probably one of the first times I can remember, earliest of times I can remember when I found out I was attracted to women, right? But I, I you know, that's... That's a minor time that, you know, number one, that just because I can do that doesn't mean everyone could do that. And two, that may not have been the first time that may have been the second or third or I can only remember that time because that's something that's stuck in my memory bank for some odd reason. I've never after elementary school, I don't know anything about I didn't know about anything about Katie's. Uh, uh, whatever, right? Because I believe we were in the same classroom from second grade to fourth grade. So knew this girl for two years. After fourth grade, I think we just had different classes, but at the same time, I didn't think I had the crush I had on her 
in second grade was still there. I don't remember. I also do not know. Um, but at the same time, to answer, to go back to 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 defend David, um, yeah, he 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 mentioned that he before he came out as a gay man or how did he phrase it? Uh, damn, I forgot how he phrased it. He didn't really use the word gay. But it basically was describing a man who was gay. Not that there's anything wrong with using the word gay, but I guess there was a specific term he likes to use and a term that he likes to be called. Again, I should have rewatched the interview at least a second time, but I didn't spend an hour. I, I you know, I guess I didn't find an hour or twelve minutes for me to do that. Um, so that's that. Uh, to watch it again at least but I mean to side with him basically yeah I do think that if you're going to try to reach out to anybody of the LGBTQ community speak to them as if you would want someone to speak to you it's really that simple ask them questions that you wouldn't mind somebody asking you don't ask questions that you think is just applicable to the LGBTQI community simply because you've read stories about or you heard stories or read stories about uh, people going through sexual assault, people of that community going through sexual assault, being molested at a young age by a creepy ass uncle or somebody. Don't just ask them those type of questions and think molestation only happens to people of the LGBTQI community. Because Charlemagne, he considers himself straight and he talks about his molestation whenever the topic is brought up. So clearly, if you're going to be somebody who has dealt with some type of childhood trauma such as molestation and you are a heterosexual person, I think you should be more sensitive to somebody else, no matter their sexuality, but especially somebody who is of the LGBTQI community who you are trying to learn from. Don't just assume they made their decision based off of being sexually assaulted at an early age. Because if you're going to do that to them, then someone, you're, what you're saying is someone has the right to do that to you about your sexual uh, assault situation at whatever age it happened to you. And that's just not fair. It's stupid and it's fucked up. We like what we like at the end of the day. I don't think anybody being raped, sexually assaulted, molested has anything to do with why we are attracted to whoever we're attracted to. Malik Yoba and other men who are who find trans women or just trans people attractive. Malik Yoba was not uh when he mentioned his molestation, he he didn't say it was a trans woman who molested him. So, 
you can't really put two and two together. I was not molested at all, actually, but by trans women or, or, or a cisgender woman. But me finding them attractive would not be you would not be a, a good correlation to say, hmm, this is why you find them attractive because you were molested by them at age. How do you explain that to somebody? How do you explain somebody's attracted attraction to a specific group if they weren't molested by that specific group? So this is why this is why when people try to uh Correlate molestation to the LGBTQIA's um, attraction, whoever they're attracted to, and, and 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 attribute that to molestation. It's stupid because again, we don't say to heterosexual people. Well, maybe we don't say to heterosexual women. Well, you're only attracted to men because you were molested by a man. Because you don't even know if that woman was molested at all. And if she was molested, how do you know it was a man? Same to heterosexual men. We don't say, uh, you. well, you're only attracted to women now that you're an adult because at a young age you were, you were sexually assaulted by a woman. Again, you don't know if that man was sexually assaulted. Many heterosexual men grew up like me. We're not sexually assaulted by a woman or sexually assaulted at all. And still grew up to find women attractive. Be attracted to women. Many heterosexual women grew up <laughs> not being attracted. I mean, not being sexually assaulted by a man or at all and still grew up to find men attracted or be attracted to men so in that whole you're only gay because you were molested talk you're only attracted to trans people because you were molested talk you're only a lesbian because you were molested talk you're only queer because you were molested talk in that shit it makes zero sense and i'm not saying charlemagne did that but there are people who do that in that shit. Also, once again, like I stated, if you are going to ask somebody of the LGBTQ I plus community, ask them questions you would not be mad at, uh, you would not mind answering yourself. I say that. And I'm not saying my knowledge is the end all be all because your comfortability level is different from someone else's. You may be comfortable answering certain questions, someone else's, no matter their sexual preference or gender identification. Their comfortability level may not be on the same uh, level as yours, wavelength as yours or whatever. They may be comfortable with answering things you're not comfortable answering. But what I mean by that is say it with the same type of respect. We all deserve the same type of respect. No matter our level of comfortability, the level of respect should not change. That should not, there should be no difference between uh, 
their level of res- their level of respect should not be different simply because, oh well, you know, I'm talking to a straight person about this situation, and now I'm talking to somebody who isn't straight about this situation. You know, it, it should not waver. Your your respect for one group should not waver or should not be different when talking or asking these questions. Now, as far as the rest of the interview, like I said, I'm not going to give y'all a complete breakdown about word for word I, what I agreed with, what I disagreed with. Y'all know me and my reviews, right? They're literally just thoughts of that pop up in my mind as I am viewing into whatever I'm viewing into. I do want to speak on Malik's language a bit. Now, (laughs) Malik's language was pretty. It looked like somebody who was learning because Malik is still learning. So I do give him credit. For still learning, um, um, not being unafraid to learn, I should say. Um, but again, it's like knowing that that news is out there about him. It's like, do you really want to learn about this situation? These people, right? These people, meaning trans people in general, but, uh, uh, the LGBTQI community. Because he, it seemed as though he was really adamant about supporting the trans part of the LGBT community. He was real about the T. And I agree, get it. I get it. He's attracted to the T. Alright? Of the community. He's not. He's attracted to women in general. But he cannot carry on any type of relations with the L, the lesbians, because obviously these are women who are attracted to other women. They Malik serves no purpose to them at all. Now, the bisexuals, whether it be the women or the men of the community, may see uh, 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 Malik Yoba and they might find it some type of use, whatever they, you know, that use is from Yoba because they're attracted to men which is what Malik Yoba is and he identifies as a cisgendered man but they're also attracted to the same sex as well whatever their gender is but I don't know how Malik views bisexual women I don't know if he's uh, he did say he likes all women meaning both cisgendered and trans women I don't know if he specifically into only straight because when you get into that when you get into that aspect of cisgendered and uh trans women you can't just go based off of one sexuality cisgendered women can be lesbian cisgendered women can be bisexual cisgendered women can be heterosexual so Simply be saying I like cisgender women is just you simply saying you're attracted to who you are emotionally and sexually attracted to is 
cisgender women or trans and trans, just women in general. If you're saying women in general, transgender or cisgender women. But that does not mean that you're going to be able to fuck, marry, date all trans or cisgender women. Because there are trans women out there who are only attracted to women. Didn't Caitlyn Jenner, when she first came out, said that she is a trans woman who is only attracted to women. Therefore, making her a lesbian. But then later came out and said, yeah, she's attracted to men. I don't know about her whereabouts now. Quite frankly, don't care. Um, but yeah, I believe that was the case with her. I've seen many other trans women who were attracted to women. Um, not only other just trans women, but just women in general. Um, so again, people, let's not make it. I can go on and on and on about this situation too, or at least my knowledge about this situations and now don't come to me and try to make me your LGBTQI plus uh, expert because I can tell you now I'm not I'm not even going to try to be that uh, simply because I don't want that burden on me now if you ask me questions about whatever I can tell you from what I was told from members of the community but I cannot tell you what is set in stone because, again, I don't want that burden on me. I, as much as I love that song, put the weight on me or whatever, that is not, <laughs> I don't want that weight on me. I don't take the load off and put it on me. Keep the load, put it on someone else. You could just refer to me. I, so that that's that. Um, but once again, don't expect me to be the, just like with black issues, don't expect me to be your, your professor blackness and be your, your PhD when it comes to blackness. I know of black issues. I know about what's happening. I know black issues I've dealt with, but I can't speak for all black folks. So it's better to ha get a viewpoint from people who are, yes, I am a black person. So you, you, you are getting a viewpoint of someone of the black community, but to get more knowledge that you want about blackness or just black people in general, don't just defer to me, defer to more black people, more trustworthy black people. If I'm the only trustworthy black person, you know, you needed more black friends. Because I don't want to be the only trustworthy black person you know. Because then I feel like a pawn. I feel like your black friend. And I don't want to be anybody's he gets it guy. Absolutely not. I don't want to be anybody's... The only black voice I want to be is for other black people. I definitely don't want to be anybody's non-black, anybody who is non-black's black voice. Now, you may be a non-black person listening to this podcast and you, I say things and you're, you're like, man, he speaks my mind and this, that, and the third. And that's great. 
but in no way, shape, or form am I your black voice. If you don't feel comfortable saying the things that I'm comfortable saying on this podcast or wherever I say them, um, I advise you to man or woman up and to say these things. Your damn self. Anyways, I keep going on tangent because as far as my thoughts on the interview, I don't have much bad shit to say. I'm probably going to try to treat this interview, I guess, review like I do my album reviews on the My Two Cents podcast. Say the pros, say the cons, but I'm not going to give it a rate. But I will detail if I liked it or not, which I probably already mentioned. So, again, the pros... I think this was a very informative interview. Did it do what its purpose was? Well, it really depends. Once again, as I stated before, if these people are siding with Malik and they know Malik, uh, if if Malik is actually guilty and they know Malik is guilty, their purpose was to get their name out there. Their purpose is not to protect trans kids. It's not to protect trans lives. It is not to protect lives of the LGBTQI community in general. It is to get their name out there. If that is their purpose and that was their purpose, then heck, I'd say they did a decent enough job. Decent enough to get people to talk about them for that day or for at least a couple days till uh, when that interview first surface. Once again, I caught on to an interview fairly late when it dropped. It dropped, I believe, that Friday, last Friday. I didn't watch it until Sunday. So two days late is kind of fairly late when it comes to social media, I guess. But um, it may have dropped earlier than that Friday. Either or, all I know is I didn't watch it when it first came out. Um, Now, with that being said, um, if their purpose was to educate Listeners, you're not going to win everybody over. You're not going to get everybody to look at you and educate you. And heck, you're not even going to get people to listen to you. As I mentioned before, people who already made up in their mind, who still watch that interview because they're fucking stupid and they already made up in their mind, we're not going to listen to these tranny faggots speak, especially for an hour and 12 minutes. We're already going to dislike the uh, video. We're already going to leave hatred, mean comments. We're going to only make comments based on the two-minute clip that we saw surfacing on social media because that's the only part of the interview that we watched. Because the every comment, literally the first, I want to say, the word first 50, 25 to 50 comments. I kid you not, that weren't mine, by the way. I only commented once. The first 25 to 50 comments that I saw were about the last two minutes of an hour and 12 minute interview. The last two minutes happened to be that clip. However long that clip is, I'm saying two minutes max. It was probably less. But the last few minutes of that interview is literally the first 25 to 50 comments I saw. I saw Sunday when I viewed the video that I saw people talked about. Nobody talked about. 
why these why this issue is an issue. Nobody talked about why trans people in general and people of the LGBTQI community just want the same type of respect and love and rep and, 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 and to be revered in the same light as heterosexual folks. Nobody talked about the alarming number of black trans women, young black trans women. I believe that the most of them don't even live to see 35. That's an alarming number. That's really alarming. Nobody talked about these things. All people talked about was the one thing they can argue against. And once again, I did not agree necessarily, or not even necessarily. I did not agree with that whole sentiment of cisgender women aren't, quote, natural women or real women or normal women. I think the word word normal was being used, right? I don't agree with that, and I'm going to detail my, my my thoughts on that comment. But to anybody, and I want y'all to call, I always want y'all to call in and let me know your thoughts about any topic. But to anybody who watched that interview, full and through, the full hour and 12 minutes, please call in and let me know your thoughts about the interview, aside from the last few minutes Please. Now, if you want to include your thoughts on those statements, you can. I'm not going to restrict you to just talking about other things that was mentioned throughout the interview other than that part. You can. But how can you watch an entire hour and 12 minutes of something and only from that take away the last two minutes? Literally the last two minutes. Because it wasn't like that clip. Because other Breakfast Club interviews. Where viral clips went around. Those clips were part of the interview. Yeah. But they were in the middle of the interview. That clip. That clip of David Johnson. Malik Yoba and the two women. Who once again I'm sorry for forgetting their names. No offense to either of them. But, and no offense to David if I fucked up your last name. I know it was something with a J. Um, But, that clip was literally the last two minutes, people. I cannot stress enough how that was literally the last few minutes of the interview and the interview is an hour and 12 minutes long and all people did and all people are commenting on was that that comment so much more was brought up so much more was brought up in this interview nobody wants to talk about that I mentioned the aspect of Trans women not living the average age of, I believe it was black trans women or just trans women in general being 35 years old. Y'all don't think that's crazy? And it's that not because of 
AIDS, and not because of them just getting sick and dying. It's because they're getting murdered. I just gave a RIP to Bailey Reeves. 17 years old, trans teenage girl. There's been other trans women I've 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 mentioned died young age. Thirty five years old people. That is fucking alarming. I just turned twenty eight in August. The average age for black men isn't even thirty five years old. I think it's still low. It's like fifty something, is it? I don't know. That's still kind of fucked up. But come on. Like I mentioned, I believe in the past episode. T.S. Madison is right. We can't scream Black Lives Matter. And not give a fuck about these black trans lives. Dying before 35. Not living past the age of 35. We can't scream Black Lives Matter when we are torturing black gay men, burning them, killing them. So, as far as the interview, Malik's language, and I know I've gone all over the place. If you're not new to this, you know. I found it to be... You could tell he was learning, but at the same time... Seemed a little fetishish-y. I ain't gonna front. It seemed like a little fetishish-y. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if that's the right word to say it. I'm saying trying to say fetishes, like fetishize, or fetishizy. Yeah, not fetishish I fetishize, fetish, fetish size e. They both hard to fuck, had far to hard as fuck to say. But it, whatever it is, fetishy or fetishizy, it seemed that way a bit. Now, I'm one. Uh, I'm one who can pick up on fetishes versus people actually being attracted, real good. I can tell that Malik probably had a thing for the white trans woman. I forget her name. Um, you know, I I can tell he had a little something for her, right? Now, that's no problem. She is an attractive woman, so go at it, brother. All the women alongside her was attracted to, were attractive too. But it seemed as though he had a thing for her. Whatever they got going down is their business. I don't care. But I'm saying as of whole, it seemed as though that, again, this is a guy who is alleged of being an adult and having sex with a trans teenage girl at the time. She was a, well, a, a, yeah, a, a trans teenage girl by a woman who was that teenage girl, right? That's something fetishizers would do. That's something creeps would do.
So again, with this with this information out, I'm not gonna front. It does make me look at Malik Yoba. Oddly. That might be wrong. I might be wrong in doing so. Because I don't want to paint the man as guilty. If he really isn't guilty. And I don't want to paint him as guilty yet. I'm going to, like I say with all these situations, I'm going to fall back in and let this shit come out. I honestly don't think this news is going to come out. Or if it does come out, it's going to be as quiet or even more quiet than uh, the allegations. Because the only reason I found out about the allegations really was because the frat came out and said, whoa, 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 Malik. Don't get on a breakfast club and say that we kicked you out because you like trans women. No, no, no. That's not why we kicked you out. We kicked you out because this trans woman came to us and said that you had statutory, you had sex with her. You paid to have sex with her when she was a 14 year old girl. And we do not support adults. And you was 20 at the time. You weren't a teenager. You was 20 at the time. And we do not condone that type of behavior. So that's why we kicked you. Had nothing to do with your attraction to trans women. That's how I found out. And then, yes, when I did some more further digging of this I found other news publications talk about it, but it definitely was not as big as when Malik came out and made the statements. Once again, celebs have people bury information all the time, hide information all the time. That's the money they got. That's the power they have. But... I'm looking at the activists, the David Johnsons, the two other trans women, and anybody else. I'm looking at them and saying, if you all know this man is lying about being innocent, and you're still siding with him, you're no better than... The transphobes, the homophobes, the bigots out there who hate the LGBT community. The only difference is, is you identify with the victims of the bigotry. But you're really not protecting trans children, trans teenagers, gay children, gay teenagers, lesbians, bisexuals. Queer and anybody else. That is supposed to be your mission or a part of your mission, and you fail to do so, and you're not doing so simply because Malik Yoba is a famous person, simply because Malik Yoba has money, is the bigger name. Once again, that will be my thoughts. If he is actually guilty, 
and if his friends know about the situation. If that is not the case, and he's not guilty, keep on doing your thing, bruh. Now, as far as that comment that everybody is talking about, because apparently that's the only comment that was being made in a two hour and 12 minute, not two hour, one hour and 12 minute interview that nobody clearly watched, but everybody clearly hates. Nobody but myself apparently clearly watched, uh, but everybody clearly hates because of a two minute clip of the last two minutes of that interview. Jesus. As far as the comment, I understand why people are mad at it. I think that it was an ignorant comment. I don't think that now granted our LGBT members met with a lot of hatred and ignorance from cisgendered women. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You don't know how many cisgendered women I know for a fact have gay friends and are homophobic as fuck. Have gay family members, but are homophobic as fuck. You don't know how many women I know. And I don't know how many women you know. But there are a lot of women I've seen who are transphobic as fuck. They hate trans women. It's a jealousy thing, part of it. Another part of it is an insecurity thing. But there are a ton of uh, cisgender women who hate trans women. There are a ton of cisgender women who hate gay men. The odd thing is I've seen lesbian women who hate gay men as well. One of these days, I'm going to talk about the viewings that I've seen. Maybe I'm going to make a topic about that, about the just the toxicity I've seen between women in the LGBT community and just the LGBT community within itself in general. But I say all that just to say there's no way in hell all of that toxicity will justify the comments that David Johnson made about cisgender women not being normal. Cisgender women aren't normal. Now, my idea of normality is everything. My idea of normality is cisgendered women, cisgendered men, transgendered women, transgendered men. Bisexual women, bisexual men, gay men, lesbian women, queer men, queer women, gender fluid people, non-binary people. That's my idea of of normality. People in general, no matter your skin color. No matter your sexual orientation, if you have one. No matter your gender identification, if you have one. Or not. 
That is normal to me. All of this is normal. What isn't normal? Or what should not be normalized? Is the hatred of anybody because of their difference. We tend to associate the word normal with good. Normal just means it's real. It's happening. That it's not made up. Like having a drinking almond milk. That's normal, right? Now, if we were to do studies to see how many Americans or how many people in general prefer almond milk as to milk from a cow, maybe the numbers are going to sway toward cow drinkers or cow milk drinkers. Maybe the number is going to sway toward me. But both acts are normal. Why? Because it happens. The normalization of something simply means that the act happens. That it exists. There aren't a lot of video game players out there. I'm a gamer. But there's no, the gaming community is big, but it's not as big as other communities. But gaming is still normal. That does not mean that we're not unnormal people because the gaming community may not be as big as the sports community. Meaning people who enjoy sports and they're not, you know, playing video games because they enjoy playing sports or watching sports. That community is normal, such as the gaming community. So for David Johnson and everybody who didn't speak up. Because silence is complacency. For David Johnson to say that and offer no type of explanation as to why he doesn't consider cisgendered women normal. It seemed like it came from a place of hurt. A place of hate. And once again, as I mentioned before. Part of the problems I had with this interview, the only problems I had with this interview, really, was it seemed as though these people who are meant to be teachers, yes, they can be annoyed by questions and certain statements, but you're talking to people who do not know. But to lash out, it's never the the answer. To lash out the way that he did Towards cisgendered women. Is never the answer. That's not how you're going to get cisgendered women. Who are homophobic. Who are transphobic. Who are bigots. That's not how you're going to get them. To look at you David Johnson. As a gay man and say wow. He really hurt my feelings. Now I know how he feels. When I talk about. Gay men. Or him being gay. So let me not hurt his feelings anymore. That's not going to get. Cisgender women to look at trans women and say. Wow. She really hurt my feelings when she co-signed David Johnson's comments. Now I know how she feels when I talk shit about trans women. So I'm not going to talk shit about her no more. Or them anymore. 
That's not how you get people on your side. You want to talk about people being understanding and accepting and, and, and being willing to listen. You're going to have to give that same type of, of, of um, energy to them. Because I can assure you that it's not, and I can't speak for all women or just women in general, as a man who is not a woman, as a person who is not a woman. I cannot speak for women, but I can assure you at least it's not all women who are homophobic. It is not all women who are transphobic. As much as I've seen transphobic and homophobic women, I've seen women who've attacked those women for being transphobic and homophobic. As much as I've seen homophobic and transphobic women, I've seen women who are proud to be allies of both gay men and trans women and trans people in general. People of the LGBTQI plus community in general. So there is no fair to them to say that they are unnormal or not normal because you have this deep-seated anger toward cisgendered women who have tried to make you feel less than because of your sexuality because of your your gender identification just like I know it's no fair of me to say shit about the police when not every police officer I've ever contact came in contact with not every police officer in the world or just in the United States or just in the world is a scummy ass police officer So, I understand the argument. I mean, I understand the anger that people have with that. But I looked at that and said, well, David, well, ladies, y'all are wrong for that comment. Everything else you did in this interview was good. There are other moments in the interview where I wish you all dialed it back. But this part ain't it. For the most part, y'all did a good job. At least to me. Now, again, I don't think people who uh, clicked on, I won't even say watch, because I, I have a feeling that the majority of people did not watch the, I'm I'm keeping it a buck. I have a majority of, I have a feeling that the majority of people did not watch the interview. They clicked on it to comment on the last two minutes, and then that's that. And then they went, they they continue commenting to get other people to agree, to see if other people agree with them, and to continue on with the jokes of the members of the LGBTQIA community. Because, like I said, I saw no other comments about shit that went down that was stated that I thought was more important. Not to say that hatred towards cisgender women isn't important, but let's keep it a buck. Cisgender women's existence doesn't lie on whether David Johnson, a gay man, sees them as normal or not. Let me tell you something, cis ladies. You're going to survive. You've been surviving before David Johnson came into this world. You're going to survive right now as David Johnson is in this world. You're going to survive 
after J David Johnson leaves this world. So please, please, please do not get hung up on his comments. It was a stupid one. It was wrong. And I can agree with you in your anger in that. But do not get hung up on it. There are far more issues plaguing you as a woman than David's comment that may have been out of hatred. There are far more, there are far more other comments being made by lawmakers that are more important than the comment David made. That's the end of this segment. Alright, so we back with another segment. Yes, I know. I know. First segment was longer than usual segments. This is going to be a long episode. Like I said, I got a lot to say. Um, and you're listening to Ernie Rambler over here. So if you don't know that by now, you should know by now. But... I got a video clip I want to play for y'all during this segment, as you can tell from the title of it. Um, it's about LeVar Ball's comments about his son, Lonzo, uh, his second oldest son, Lonzo Ball, who is in, currently in the NBA right now. Um, and people giving him backlash, giving him shit for it, simply because that's what they always do with LeVar. Um... You know what it is. I'm going to play the video clip of what went down. I'm going to talk about my thoughts about the video clip. I'm also going to talk about my thoughts about the backlash. You're no stranger to me on Twitter. Once again, follow me. You love Ernest. You underscore love. And then underscore again. And then Ernest. Um, you already know my thoughts about this clip and this everything. But I just thought, let me talk about it on the Let's Talk About It podcast. Because... Why not? So, without further ado, turn the microphone over here, press play over here, and yeah, hopefully you listen. Hopefully you can hear me now, but hopefully you listen, and I've never had audio issues. Well, I've had one audio issue. Out of all the audio issues I've had, I've only had one mishap, so hopefully this is not mishap number two. Anyways, press play. Hell no, I wouldn't change the name. I'm just saying from a marketing standpoint. From a marketing standpoint, regardless of what it is. I'm just saying, that's yeah. my opinion. I'm no, just asking I'm, a question. I'm just saying. Triple B is always going to be the name. On the fact that it also stands for the three ball brothers. I'm not changing that at all. What is your opinion on that? I don't give a about his opinion. I just want to hear. But no, 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 listen to me, son. When I come up with a name and then somebody tell me to change it, that's like me telling me to change your name. That's like people saying, oh, hey, change Lonzo's name to Alfonso on the fact that he's been damaged goods for the last two years. The brand is demolished right now. The brand is not demolished. Okay. That's how you feel the brand is demolished. That's everybody feels. Who? Who's everybody? The world. The, the world? That's, that's the consumers you talk to? Yeah. That's all messed up right now. Why is it messed up? Because one person did something bad? He was the main person. He wasn't the main person. He ran everything. Dang, he didn't run everything. Right. Who the one signing autographs? Who the one taking the pictures? He set it all up. That means you're running everything as far yes. as what? Who's the big ball of brand? All right, you got it. 
Ain't no Alan Foster gear. It's big baller. Here's the thing. If you have a goddamn tree and a bad apple falls off the tree, you don't chop the goddamn tree down. He was more than apple, though. He was branch. Cut the branch. You don't cut the whole tree down. The tree didn't fall down. How did the tree fall down? Why are we restarting everything? How did the tree fall down? I created before Alan even got here. I said the three ball brothers for you guys. I don't care who helped me get this started, but I come in with the vision like, you know what? We're going to have our own right That's why I didn't go everybody else's way. All right, you got it. I ain't about me got it. You got it, man. This is, you know, first of all, don't, don't say you got it, man, to me. You're the one got to make it grow. All right, I think, uh, hold on. My bad, I ended the clip too early. There's another uh, five seconds left, so I'm going to let y'all listen to that in five seconds. I made you guys superstars for a reason. But if I don't do the things that I'm doing, Zell, it's just another regular old play. All right, that was the end. All right, so once again, like the same issue that I have with the people who saw a clip. They, the a last two minute clip of the Breakfast Club interview that I was just talking about, um, and made an entire assessment of not only a community of people, but those people within uh, in the interview, and just made an entire assessment about the uh, an entire one hour and twelve minute interview based on the last two minutes from a two minute clip um, of said interview. Um, people are taking the damaged goods comment that LeVar Ball made and totally ignoring everything else that was stated in this clip that I just played y'all that happens to be a minute and 56 seconds so just under two minutes um, of LeVar stating why he's not giving up Big Baller brand um, he's not going to change the name. He's not going to do anything different other than he's just going to keep pushing from the last mishap that they ran into a roadblock. I should say they ran into with the old guy, uh, stealing money from the brand. Um, so for those who didn't know about that, uh, forgetting the brother's name or the dude's name, but it was he was a friend of he was managing basically uh the big baller brand he was you know out here making things happen but he was also stealing money from not only lonzo but the brand as well or hiding money uh from the brand and and hiding money from lonzo basically stealing it because i mean if he was using it for his damn self he was stealing it it the money that Lonzo was supposed to be getting and the money that was supposed to be uh, put toward the brand, um, he was taking it for himself. Not all of it, of course, but a big uh, amount, a large amount to the point where it obviously became noticeable and became a problem to not only Lonzo Ball, uh, his father, LeVar Ball, and just the brand in general. Okay. So they X that guy out. He's gone. Um, don't know if they're going to take legal action against him because I do know that he just got out of. Uh, he is a friend of LeVar or was a friend of LeVar's. J- 
just got out of prison. LeVar doing the right thing and was looking out for a friend, tried to give him a job. Sometimes you can't trust people, even if they are or were your friends. All right. Um, so that happens. Lonzo listening to everybody else instead of his family, the people who truly have his best interest or his father, someone who truly has his best interest at heart. Instead of listening to him, he wants to listen to social media. He wanted to listen to the yes men in his corner. He wanted to listen to everybody who is telling him not to listen to his father because they have their own um, ulterior motives with Alonzo. And obviously, they don't want Lonzo's father getting in the way because if Lonzo's father, LaVar, is privy to the information that these people have, or privy to them wanting to use Lonzo as young and naive as Lonzo is, obviously, that's not going to be something LaVar Ball or any parent or any father, any parent in general, but especially a black dad who loves their child. They're not going to sit there and let their child be used and abused, right? And Lonzo, if he's not careful, he's going to get used and abused. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, people paid attention to the damaged goods aspect instead of everything else that was way more important than that comment. As I stated last the, the last segment. I don't agree with him calling his own son damaged goods. Now, Lonzo, does he is he the best player in the league? No, I do think Lonzo is kind of overhyped. All right, and y'all, someone gonna take a trip with me because I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> Not gonna use the bathroom, but you know, I'm going to uh, get some tissue and. That's that. So, y'all don't see me, but obviously you can hear me. But, as I'm saying, I'm not justifying because I don't think Lonzo is the best player in the league or best at his position in the league. Does not mean I'm going to justify that comment. I think that it was a a low blow uh, for LeVar to say, especially to someone that is his son. That was a low blow. But that does not take away the fact that y'all, and I mean, when I say y'all, I mean, and this is what I mean when I say y'all. When I say y'all, it's always to people who apply to what I'm saying. It's never meaning you all as in you all who are listening, unless I clarify, yes, I'm talking to you all who are listening. When I say y'all in this situation, I'm talking about those who apply to this. When I and so I'm gonna say y'all who already made up in your mind that you hate LeVar Ball because he's a black dad and your black daddy was in your life, or you're he's a black dad and you hate black men, or you just hate black men in general, or you hate how he is not a punk ass black dad, or he's just not a punk ass or whatever, right? Y'all already made up in your mind that you're gonna hate everything LeVar Ball does and says. That's why you're blowing this situation up. You're not looking at everything else he said. This is a guy who made it clear that he's a visionary. This is a guy who made it clear that he's doing all of this for his children. 
he named the company after his children. He's not going to rename the company. That's not going to make y'all, y'all who apply to this, that's not going to make y'all look at the company different by changing the name. That was a stupid suggestion by Lonzo. Why don't we just change the name? People are still going to hate your pops because they already hate your pops. He can change the name to Damaged Goods. He can change the name to just Lonzo. That's not going to make people say, okay, remember that company that was once named Big Baller brand, Brand, BBB? Well, now it has a different name. So now I have different thoughts about this company. Or I like the name now, so I'm gonna change then I'm gonna change my thoughts. No. People who hate iPhones aren't going to if I if Apple decides we're not gonna call it the iPhone anymore. We're gonna call it the uh I don't know, the B phone, the C phone. We we're not even gonna call it a phone, even though it is a phone. We're calling it the I now. Let's just change the name from iPhone to I, right? So instead of people saying I have an iPhone, you they say I have an I. People who already hate iPhones are not gonna say, you know what, I fuck with that name change, cuz you know what I'm saying I like I, I fuck with the name change, so I'm gonna change my mind about iPhones. No. They're gonna say I hated iPhones and I'm gonna and I hate eyes now. Or whatever name change they change it to. Same thing for those who hate hate Samsung phones or Galaxy phones, or just Samsung phones or Android phones, I should say. Android phones change their names from androids to robots or, uh, you know, to monsters, you know, monster phones. You know, this is the Monster X5 or whatever instead of the Android. People who who hated androids are not going to say, you know what, that name change, man. You know, that name change really, it really rebranded y'all guys. Yeah, man, I really like it now. No, they're going to say, I hated y'all when y'all's androids, and I hate y'all now that you're monsters or robots, whatever your name is. So, once again, that was a stupid-ass suggestion, man. Like, why would, how would a name change change the way people see your company? If they've already made up in their mind, they hate the company. Like, let's keep it real. That's number one. Number two, uh... Everything else he was saying, he being LeVar Ball was saying, was absolutely right. Everything in that clip, y'all heard it, hopefully. But (laughs) everything he was saying, except for the damaged goods comment, was absolutely right. If any other father were to make that comment, any other non-black, non-black, non-boisterous, non-vocal father were to make those same comments, LeVar Ball made... Y'all would have easily looked past... Y'all would have looked past the damage good comment. Y'all probably would have agreed with it. Because the fact of the matter is... Y'all make fun of people's sons every fucking day. Shit, y'all shit on women athletes all the time. Y'all don't watch a, a, a WNBA game in your life... But have the nerve to talk about... We don't watch the WNBA in 2K uh, NBA Live. Or, the WNBA is boring. Y'all ain't never watched a WNBA game in your fucking life. Y'all probably have never even seen the girls in your high school play basketball. Or play any sport. But y'all got it. Y'all, y'all comment on people's sons and daughters athletes all the time. Y'all make rude comments about them all the time. 
And yeah, you have no relation to them. But at the same time, at least that's his son he's talking about. And at least he's still keeping it the, the brand strong. He's not saying, son, you're a failure. You can't be a part of this brand no more. He's saying, I don't think you've been performing at the level that I believe you can perform at. You haven't been doing that for the past two years. But this brand is, is, is still representative of you and your two brothers. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that this brand stays alive. It stays strong for you and your brothers. That is what any parent, mother, father, whoever should do. Continuously support their child, even if they say, see their child is not doing so well. That's exactly what LeVar Ball is doing. But y'all don't want to see that because all you see is a black man who is unafraid. Who isn't a punk out here. A black dad. Y'all y'all gave Serena Williams. Y'all meaning those who apply. Shut the fuck up if it doesn't apply to you. But if you feel the need to speak up and you claiming it doesn't apply to you. Hit dogs holler, motherfucker. So it probably does apply to you. That's number one. Number two, y'all gave Serena's uh, dad shit too. When he said, my daughters are going to be the greatest uh, tennis players, the greatest athletes. Fuck just the sport. The greatest athletes in the fucking world. Did that man lie? You can deny it all you want. Did he lie? Did his faith in his daughters damage his daughters there may have been times social media wasn't around and cameras weren't around but there may have been times where he said you could probably ask Serena and Venus there have been times where he being their father have said things that they disagreed with made moves they disagreed with things that kind of hurt their feelings or did hurt their feelings but did it stop them from succeeding did it stop them from acknowledging the work their father did? The answer to both those questions is no. Because if you ask both Venus and Serena about who is part of who is the reason as to part of why they are successful, they are the, why are they the the athletes and just people they are today? They credit their father. They credit all the hard work he did to support and provide to them. Obviously, they credit, you know, other people as well. But they're not going to do as you want them to do. You who apply to this shit. If you don't apply, shut the fuck up. But if you don't feel the need to shut the fuck up, then obviously you apply. So go be with your brothers and sisters of the We Hate Black Men Nation and shut the fuck up still. That's all I got to say about that situation. Uh, you know, as far as the comments, like I said, it was a low blow. And 
sure, he should apologize. And people are going to say, LeVar Ball never apologizes. LeVar Ball never knows when he's wrong. He can never admit when he's wrong. He, he's doing what men do. Men can never admit when they're wrong. Shut the fuck up. That's number one. Sure, do is there a problem with men and apologizing or just men admitting when we are wrong? Yeah. But... Y'all wouldn't even be talking about that clip had LeVar Ball not made that comment. Once again. Because y'all know everything else was undeniable. Just like I feel as though if people actually watched that Breakfast Club interview and saw David Johnson and the two women and Malik Yoba, they would have saw things and heard things that was undeniable. Things that they couldn't just look past. But then they heard the one thing or saw the one thing that they can't argue against. This is what the Democrats do, Dan. This is what the Democrats do and expect them to win elections or win anything. They don't come with facts. They ignore facts. They ignore the truth. They ignore everything else. They pinpoint one thing or they make up arguments and say somebody said something. Now, I'm not saying people made up the damaged goods comments. I'm not saying people made up the David Johnson comment about women not, cis women not being normal. But what they do is they hear one thing and it's, bang, let me just attack that. Because I have nothing else to say. About everything else that was said. So I'm just going to attack that. And my attack on that is not even going to be based on anything and why it's wrong. I'm just going to keep telling you why it's wrong. So enough people can see me and do the same thing. Get your shit together, people. Leave LeVar Ball alone. Big Baller Brand ain't going anywhere. Lonzo, I hope you're listening. If you are listening to this, I hope everybody listens to this shit. But if you are listening to this, I'm going to need you to actually have more faith in your family. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything, every single thing that your father does or has in store. But best believe your father has your interest and not these other motherfuckers in your ear. Don't listen to LeBron James. Don't listen to all these other people. Don't listen to anybody else. On. What they want you to do. Your father has his best interests. And. You ain't got to listen to me. All I'm saying is. I think you should do more. You're a grown ass man. You can do what you want. But I think it'd be wiser of you to listen to your actual family than people who, because the actual family, your father and everybody else, have shown that they actually give a fuck about you. Whereas these people, you've only been known for two years now, two, three years now, since you got into the NBA. Um, These people, maybe some of them care about you. But maybe some of them, and I'm assuming a lot of them actually, only want to use you. Add you to the long list of other athletes 
other people in the league, other young minds that they are using. They have ulterior motives. So stay woke. And I'm going to get into the last segment. Alright, we're on to the last segment. We're going to talk about your man, Ed Buck. Yes, I'm saying your man because you might be one of the Democrats who ignore the fuckery, the fuckery politicians that Democrats and Democrat donors do because you are one of those Democrats who in essence, are saying that it is more important to not only align yourself with the correct political party that you deem is the correct political party, but it is more important to get Trump the fuck up out of the White House than it is to hold to get Trump. It is more important to get Trump out of the White House and to trash the opposing party, which is the Republican Party. Um, get them, you know, out of power any, by any means necessary than it is to uh, hold your members accountable for their unlawful, fucked up, immoral actions. And when I say you, once again, it is the you that I'm applying to. If it's, if you don't apply to the you, shut the fucketh upeth. If you feel as though you don't need to shut the fucketh upeth, then you are the you that I'm talking about, and you better stop denying that you are the you. Do you and be you. Anyways, <laughs> um, another body, another body, another gay black man has been found dead. And Ed Wild Buck, that's what I call him, Ed Wild Buck. He's a wild buck, but, or Ed What the Fuck Buck. Either or. I, I personally prefer Wild Buck, Ed Wild Buck, but both the nicknames created by me, of course, uh, you can use either or, right? Um, Ed what, what the Fuck Buck or Ed Wild Buck. Again, my personal pre- favorite out of the two. Ed Wild Buck. So Ed Wild Buck, um, another gay black man, is found in his apartment, dead, OD'd on meth, out of his fucking mind. Right? That is not to make light of the death. That is not to make light of the drug usage. That is not to make light out of anything relating to this situation um and I don't think I talked about I don't think I did a a segment on Ed Buck when the first situation where it was a young I believe if he was not a teenage black man but he was young he was in his early 20s either or a gay black man who was a prostitute as well a sex worker as well uh escort I should say um who was found OD'd on meth once again in Buck's place. 
partying with Buck. Um, and, well, Buck is still free to do this creep shit. And he did this creep shit. Now, he's arrested now from what, from my understanding. From my knowledge, he's arrested now. I don't know if they're actually going to keep him this time or they're going to let him out again because he's a rich white guy. Um, why I, obviously I ha- I'm doing this because I have a problem with what he's doing. Not the simple fact that he seems to love gay black men. It's the simple fact that his abusive, creepy ass is doing what he's doing. Um, getting them drugged up and probably having sex with them and getting them drugged up and then having his way with them on some Bill Cosby type shit, honestly. Um, but Cosby's victims weren't dead. They were drugged enough from what they say, okay? They were drugged up to the point to where they were passed out and obviously they felt they either woke up to Cosby on top of them or doing things to them um, or they had uh, they didn't feel right once they woke up. Ed Buck's victims did not wake up they're dead but I'm assuming he got them drugged up to the point the reason why he would get them so drugged up is so he can do sexual things with them or that was part of the sexual experience with Ed what the fuck wild buck or Ed the wild buck my what I want to bring attention here to is that uh, getting Ed Buck the fuck about the paint and just getting him locked up like all the other sex offenders should be locked up. Um, but I want Democrats especially, those who, and even those who are, unf- who may have been unfamiliar with this situation and consider themselves a Democrat. I want y'all to stop ignoring the fucktards in your own community, in your own political party, uh, especially when they do things that you're you're claiming to be against. I need everybody to speak up against this situation. I need Democrats not to act like it's fake, not to because the only times they will speak up about it is if a Republican were to do this. So if Ed Buck was a Republican and obviously he did this to. Uh, especially if it was a teenage girl Um, but you know anybody the victims would be the same Democrats would be all over it people will be all over Ed Buck but it seems as though the only people who are talking about him are the logical motherfuckers like myself and Republicans I hardly see any Democrats Unless the logical motherfuckers are Democrats. I don't know their political party. Because they don't make it clear. And to make it clear. I Just because you hear me talk about the Dems a lot. Does not mean that I'm a Republican. I just don't like the fuckery. 
I don't like the fuckery the Republicans are doing either, but I don't like the fuckery the Dems are doing because that is a political party that has more, that is in more alignment to my stance than the Republican party. Do I have some, do I share some um, opinions with the Republican party? Very little, but yeah, that's, but I have a lot more in line with the Democrats than the Republicans. Hence why I hold the Democrats to a higher standard of morality. Hence why when they do some fuck shit, I'm going to speak about it. When they act stupidly, I'm going to speak about it. When I feel as though they are better than what they are portraying, or at least have the potential to be better than what they are portraying, because I've seen Democrats do better. I'm going to speak about it. And yes, when they do something that I feel as though should be praiseworthy, both sides, any political party for that matter, I will do so. We're not here to talk about my political stance. We're here to talk about Ed, what the fuck, the wild buck. This is two times. Now, I know a lot of people say one time and blah, 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 twice. Oh, my God. Three times, Jesus, what the hell is going on? But once was enough. One dead body in his apartment. And I just want to know what, how does Ed explain these situations? Like, what about it other than him being rich and white and a Democrat gets him away from doing these, from, from, from this shit? More so rich and white, but what gets him out of the trouble? Like, how do you explain yourself? Because let me tell you, my black ass right now, I'm recording these situations. I record these episodes in my room. I'm the only person in this room. But guess what? What if there was a dead body on the floor right now? Now, you know, there's not there is no dead body on the floor right now because you're not going to hear about it in the news about you love Ernest finding being found with a dead body in his room. While he records his podcast episodes. But. Not even. Not even. We're not putting me in that situation. Scratch what I just said. Well don't scratch it. Because it's true. There is no other person here. There's no dead bodies on my floor. On my bed. In my closet. No dead bodies in this room. Okay. That's for one. Number two. Um. If a black man were to be in Ed Buck's situation, that nigga not getting off. Now, I know that, and a lot of people know that, black men aren't going to get away with shit white men can get away with. Heck, not even going to get away with shit gay white men can get away with, such as Ed Buck, who apparently is using his, not only his political uh, stance, his monetary stance or financial stance but his sexuality to get away with a lot because I feel as though a lot of the Democrats aren't criticizing him is because Democrats hold this idea that members of the LGBT community should not and cannot be criticized unless you're of the community doing the critiquing of the community someone who happens to be the member of the community but that's not equality 
True equality is giving everybody the same type of standards. So if Ed Buck identifies as gay, straight, bisexual, or whatever, and he's doing this shit, this shit that is wrong, oh, he's going to hear it from me. No matter if I identify as straight, bi, gay, or whatever, he's going to hear it from me. I shouldn't have to be someone of the community in order for me to be able to talk about Ed Buck. No other person who is a Democrat should have to be of the community, the LGBTQIA community, in order for them to say what Ed Buck is doing is wrong. It shouldn't be that way. That's not equality. Equality is not only because y'all talk about straight motherfuckers all the time. Y'all meaning people of the LGBTQIA community. So with that mindset, if you want people to treat you as such, then that means that when you're doing something wrong and you're of that community, you should be able to take criticism from people not of the LGBTQIA community. You should be able to take criticisms from all walks of life, not just people from your own community. Because you have zero problems talking about when straight motherfuckers do some wild shit. And straight motherfuckers do wild shit. (laughs) Straight motherfuckers do shit Ed Buck has gotten away with doing at least for this one time. Hopefully he doesn't get away this second time. And rest in peace to the two men, their families. I wish they hope the best and praying for the best for their families. But rest in peace to the two men. It don't matter what drugs they were on. It don't matter. They chose to use the drugs. I do not condone drug usage, but that does not mean I believe people who use drugs deserve to die, especially the way that these two guys did. I don't use drugs. I don't condone drug usage, but that does not mean that Ed Buck should get away with what he did because They were committing a crime and doing illegal drugs such as uh, meth. Just like the 14-year-old, well, the trans woman who was then a 14-year-old girl at the time. Yes, she was breaking the law by prostituting herself at an early age. At any any age, it would have been breaking the law depending on what state. And they're in New York. Uh, But so it's illegal. But... Yeah, she was breaking the law by prostituting herself, especially to grown men. At the early age, at the young age of 14 years old. But that does not mean that I believe that whatever she dealt with at the time, she deserved it. That does not make it okay for if it is true that Malik was one of her uh, customers. It does not make it true. It, I mean, it does not make it uh, all right that Malik got away with it or Malik did it in the first place. So, all in all, I want people to speak up more about this situation. Primarily people who are Democrats, people who vote Democrat. 
Because if you're really about, number one, if you're really about the safety of the LGBT community, again, two black gay men, if you're really about Black Lives Matter, black folks, then two black men, no matter their sexual preference, died in an unusual way. Somebody is responsible for their deaths. That somebody is Ed Buck, a.k.a. Ed Wild Buck, a.k.a. Ed What The Fuck Buck. So, everybody who gives a fuck about black lives, everybody who gives a fuck about the gay community or the LGBT community, everybody who is a Democrat should be looking at Ed Buck and saying, you deserve the punishment. These families of these two men that died in your custody because of you deserve justice. And no, Ed Buck rotting away in a prison is not going to bring their sons, brothers, nephews, cousins back. But it'll at least send off the message to Ed Wild Buck and hopefully others that you cannot get away with this shit. But all this could just be me wishful thinking. That's my thoughts on that. And that is the end of this episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast with your host, Ernest. Oh, you love Ernest. Same guy. Different name. Timestamps in the description box below as usual. Wow. Listen to this episode. Five minutes, ten minutes, or the whole damn thing. I still appreciate the fact that you clicked on this episode and you listened to it. Hopefully I didn't offend. If I did, I'm sorry. But if I did, that's also tough. But that's that. Like, comment, share, subscribe as usual. And stay black if you're black. Stay beautiful, everybody. Black Lives Matter. LGBTQI plus matter. Trans lives matter. And I'm out. Peace.